0: News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, national security officers arrest five people on suspicion of conspiring to publish seditious publications seeking to stir up hatred of the government. West Kowloon Court denies bail for four former senior Apple Daily executives who are accused of violating the national security law and seven men who took part in mob attacks in Yunlong in July 2019 are jailed for up to seven years for rioting and wounding. Police say national security officers have arrested five people on suspicion of conspiring to publish seditious publications to, among other things, incite young children's hatred towards the SAR government. Sean Kennedy has more. Police said the suspects are two men and three women aged 25 to 28. They said they're members of a labor union but didn't name it and they gave no details of the allegedly offending publications. Police said the five were arrested under section 10 of the crimes ordinance, not the national security law. They said first convictions under this offence carry a maximum penalty of two years in prison. Police said that $160,000 of the union's assets has also been frozen. Sources said those arrested are from the General Union of Hong Kong Speech Therapists and they've cancelled a reading session with young children this weekend. West Kowloon Court has denied bail for four former senior Apple Daily executives accused of violating the national security law. Chan Man, Fung Wai Kong, Yeung Ching Kei and Lan Man Chung are charged with conspiracy to collude with foreign forces and seek the imposition of sanctions against the Hong Kong SAR or China. The alleged offence took place between July last year and April this year. Designated National Security Judge Victor So agreed with the prosecution that they should be remanded immediately. He adjourned the case until late September. Seven men who took part in mob attacks in Yuen Long on July the 21st, 2019, have been jailed for up to seven years for rioting and wounding, the highest sentence the district court can dole out. Francis Sitt reports.
1: Last month, the court convicted five men of wounding and rioting, while two others had earlier pleaded guilty. In sentencing, Judge Eddie Yip said deterrent sentences were needed because the incident had caused huge fear among the public, with the gang in Yunlong taking the law into their own hands, attacking and unlawfully imprisoning innocent citizens. Passengers at the MTR station were attacked indiscriminately. It was as if the assailants had lost their minds, the judge said. The judge also described the force used that night as premeditated because some defendants were holding rods. He described as far-fetched one defendant's claim that he had picked up a rod to protect himself. The seven defendants were given sentences of between three and a half years and seven years. Meanwhile, the Department of Justice has lodged an appeal against the acquittal of one defendant in the case, Wong Chi Wing, who was cleared of rioting and wounding with intent.
0: A representative of the convention industry says the government is imposing more rather than fewer restrictions on it by placing it in its vaccine bubble scheme. Stuart Bailey, the chairman of the Hong Kong Exhibition and Convention Industry Association, was commenting after the government said from today gatherings such as exhibitions and ceremonial events could be held at 100% capacity if two-thirds of participants had had at least one Covid jab. Here's Mr Bailey. The idea of having a vaccine bubble for large-scale events is logistically almost impossible, plus the fact that it's completely unnecessary. According to the government figures, Hong Kong has now gone for 43 days with zero local infections. During that time, a number of exhibitions have taken place with the safety protocols in place. So social distancing, mask wearing, temperature checks, sanitization, regular cleaning, increased airflow inside the venue, scanning the leave home safe app, etc. Proving that actually there is no further requirement for tightening the restrictions The central government says local authorities must improve urban transit flood controls and emergency responses after a dozen people were killed in a flooded subway in the city of Zhengzhou. Vicky Wong has more.
1: The Ministry of Transport said local authorities must re-examine and rectify all hidden risks on rail transit and take emergency measures. These include suspending trains, evacuating passengers and closing stations in extreme weather conditions. Rescuers pulled hundreds of people to safety this week from the flooded subway in Zhengzhou after torrential rain. At least 30 people have died in central Henan province, including the 12 trapped in the subway. Local meteorological services are also in the spotlight since the deaths, but the Provincial Weather Bureau told state media it had issued a report warning of the coming torrential rains two days in advance.
0: Prosecutors from several U.S. states have unveiled a sweeping proposed settlement under which four pharmaceutical companies accused of fueling the country's opioid epidemic would pay compensation of up to 26 billion U.S. dollars. The proposal is intended to resolve thousands of claims across the U.S. Letitia James is New York's Attorney General.
2: For more than two decades, the opioid epidemic has wreaked havoc across this nation and hundreds of thousands have died. And to be clear, the
3: numerous companies that manufactured and distributed this poison did so without any regard for human life and for the national crisis that they caused. And so this is a bittersweet moment, but it will not bring back the loss of life.
0: The United States says it's reached a deal with Germany, under which Berlin pledges to respond to any attempt by Russia to use the almost finished Nord Stream 2 undersea pipeline as a weapon in Eastern Europe. The BBC's David Willis has more.
2: Built at a cost of around $11 billion, it circumvents Ukraine, which is at war with Russia to the east, and threatens to deprive Ukraine of around $2 billion in annual transit payments. Mistrust of Russia has led the US to view the pipeline as a potential threat to European energy supply. But the Biden administration has now agreed to waive sanctions on those building the project in the interest of closer ties with its chief European ally, Germany. In return, Germany has agreed to impose sanctions on Russia if it uses Nord Stream 2 to commit further acts of aggression against Ukraine.
0: The disgraced former Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein has pleaded not guilty to 11 new charges of rape and sexual assault involving five women at a preliminary hearing in California. The BBC's Reagan Morris is in Los Angeles.
2: The former film producer appeared in Los Angeles Superior Court in a wheelchair and a prison issued brown shirt and trousers. He returned to L.A. after losing his fight to block extradition from New York, where he is already serving 23 years in prison for rape and other sex crimes. Weinstein has denied having non-consensual sex with anyone and is appealing the New York conviction and sentence. Weinstein's accusers say the L.A. case is essential for them to be heard and that they hope a guilty verdict in California would ensure that he spends the rest of his life behind bars.
0: The most senior US general has acknowledged that the Taliban seem to have strategic momentum in Afghanistan and now control half the districts in the country. But the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, also said that despite their successes, a takeover by the Taliban was not a foregone conclusion.
3: As of today, more or less, I guess it's about 212, 213, it's in that range. District centers are in Taliban control. It's about half of the 419 that are out there. Uh, you've got 34 provincial capitals in Afghanistan. Uh, none of them have been seized uh, as of today. Uh, and what they're trying to do is isolate the major population centers. And so momentum appears to be, strategic momentum appears to be sort of with the Taliban. The Afghan security forces, though, are consolidating their forces.
0: U.S. President Joe Biden is nominating Victoria Kennedy, the widow of late Senator Ted Kennedy, as ambassador to Austria. Ms. Kennedy, whose husband was a member of the political dynasty which included former President John F. Kennedy, is a lawyer and the co-founder and president of the Edward M. Kennedy Institute for the United States Senate, a nonpartisan nonprofit that educates the public about the Senate. The United States says it's considering imposing sanctions on any Cuban officials responsible for hardline treatment of protesters earlier this month. Opposition groups say more than 100 activists have been detained after the biggest protests in decades against Cuba's communist government. YouTube says it's removed videos posted by the Brazilian president, Jair Bolsonaro, because they spread misinformation about COVID-19. The tech company said that its rules did not allow content promoting the use of hydroxychloroquine or imevectin. Eva Mectin, sorry, The far-right former army captain has been widely criticised for railing against lockdowns, touting unproven miracle cures, questioning vaccine efficacy and shunning masks. Mr Bolsonaro's office did not immediately respond to a request for comment. The president of Tunisia, Kay Saeed, has ordered the military to take over managing the country's coronavirus response. The move comes after the government was accused of mismanaging the immunisation campaign. On Tuesday, the health minister was sacked amid spiralling coronavirus cases. Argentina has become the first country in Latin America to recognise non-binary, non-binary gender identities on national identity documents and passports. Under the new system, Argentinians and permanent residents who do not wish to identify as either male or female can choose a third option, X, when applying for these documents. President Alberto Fernández delivered the first three ID cards to use the new format at a ceremony in the capital, Buenos Aires. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,694. That's 467 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $76 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.10 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 65 cents. To sports, and we start with the Tokyo Olympics. The Hong Kong delegation sees its first action tomorrow morning when Winnie Hung starts her campaign in the women's rowing competition. The 22-year-old will race in heat three of the single skulls event at the Sea Forest Waterway in Tokyo Bay. She finished eighth in the 2018 Asian Games and is now taking part in her first Olympics.
1: My biggest worry is being the last of the game, but I will try my best to do it well. And I've been a full-time athlete for only four years, so lack of experience. I need to get more experience and train more.
0: Hung is the only Hong Kong athlete to have competitive action before tomorrow night's opening ceremony. In the past hour, the president of the Tokyo 2020 Olympics Committee, Seiko Hashimoto, has announced the sacking of the opening ceremony director, Kentaro Kobayashi. It follows criticism over past comments he made during his career as a comedian, which have been described as anti-Semitic. The BBC's Alex Katz thickers in Tokyo. The extraordinary timing of Kentaro Kobayashi's dismissal has thrown plans for the opening ceremony into chaos. He was forced to step down for comments made in 1998 when he was a comedian. A clip was circulated online of him making an anti-Semitic joke related to the Holocaust. Earlier this year, Mr Kobayashi's predecessor Hiroshi Sasaki quit after suggesting a popular female comedian should dress up as a pig as part of the show. And earlier this week, one of the musical directors left for bullying classmates with mental disabilities when he was at school. European 400-metre individual medley champion Ilya Borodin has been ruled out of the Tokyo Olympics after testing positive for COVID-19. Russian team officials said the 18-year-old, who is expected to contend for a medal, failed a test during a final training camp in Vladivostok before departing for Japan. The Russian Swimming Federation said all other athletes and officials had tested negative. Borodin claimed the European title in Budapest in May in 4 minutes 10.02 seconds, a world junior record and the sixth fastest in the world this year. To other sports news, the first ever season of the 100 cricket tournament began yesterday with the opening match of the women's competition, while the men start play today. The Oval Invincibles, chasing a target of 137, beat the Manchester Originals by five wickets with two balls to spare in last night's opener in London. The tournament was postponed last year due to Covid-19. The former skipper of England's men's team, Michael Vaughan, says it's an exciting new concept for the sport, each team having 100 deliveries away from the traditional six-ball overs. Oh, that was fantastic. That really was. I mean, sitting next to Tufnall for a couple of hours is hard work sometimes, (laughs) but (laughs) to see the the drama, you know, to to see people dancing in the stands, you know, so many people have have, have said, oh, you know, it's it's a new tournament. There'll be no allegiances to the the teams. Who's going to really want to support an oval, invincible team? They support Surrey, so why would they... Well, I think we saw tonight that people just enjoy cricket. In rugby union, Alan Wynne-Jones returns to captain the British and Irish Lions in the first test against South Africa on Saturday in a side that includes three Scottish players for the first time since 1997. Head coach Warren Gatland says picking the 15 was incredibly difficult. The BBC's Chris Jones reports. Well, Warren Gatlin, he's not been adverse to big selection calls in his time as Lions boss, has he? And there are plenty of them here. Alan Wynne-Jones is back after that astonishing recovery. He's straight into the starting 15, just three and a half weeks after dislocating a shoulder. And there are big calls right across the board. At hooker, Luke Cowan Dickey starts. At number eight, Jack Conan is preferred to the 2017 hero, Tulupi Faletel. No place in the starting 15 for Connor Murray or the England captain, Owen Farrell. They're both on the bench. The starting halfback's Ali Price at nine, and Dan Bigger at ten. While the inclusion of Stuart Hogg and Duan van der Merwe in the back three means there are three Scots in the test team. The top stories once again, national security officers arrest five people on suspicion of conspiring to publish seditious publications seeking to stir up hatred of the government. West Kowloon Court denies bail for four former senior Apple Daily executives who are accused of violating the national security law and seven men who took part in mob attacks in Yuen Long in July 2019 are jailed for up to seven years for rioting and wounding. <coughs> Quick look at the weather forecast. It'll be mainly fine apart from isolated showers. It'll be hot this afternoon with light winds. The outlook very hot and hazy apart from a few showers in the next couple of days. Currently 32 degrees Celsius, relative humidity now 66%. That's the new sports and weather from RTHK.
2: Seven hours since you went away. Eleven coffees, Ricky Lake on play. But late night, when I'm feeling blue, I saw my sp
3: Good afternoon, and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen May, on this Thursday afternoon. The sun is out, hooray! Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan for the morning brew today, and many thanks to you for tuning in today. We have a jam-packed show today. To start off with, we're going to be hearing our summer intern Dorothy Cam's feature on migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong. And she'll be chatting with Sheila Bonifacio about her experience of abuse and then later activism. That's about uh, 10 minutes or so from now. And after the 2 o'clock news, Sadia Osmani joins us for our Thursday Chinwag. And today she'll be talking about writing and also the health advantages of putting pen to paper. And uh, We hope to bring you that interview, that chat on Facebook as well. So do join us there this afternoon if you can. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And finally, after the 2.30 news, Andrew Dumbina is with us once again. And this time he's in with us for Artsing Around as he gives us some global and local updates on some art news. 20 Minutes.